0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for revealing you to us as our Father. We ask you to open our hearts to receive your love, your fatherly love, and for us to respond as your beloved children. Amen. As followers of Jesus, it's important for us to always be people of the Word, people who go constantly to the Word, that we know the Word of God, that the Scriptures are part of our lives, So that we can live the Word of God. It can't just be going to Mass and then we don't live our lives. You know, all the spiritualities of adoration, rosaries, all these things are very important. But we should be an essential part of, if not our daily life, but our regular life, is diving deep into the Word of God, especially the New Testament, and especially into the Gospels. We know the works of Jesus the teachings of Jesus, the interactions with Jesus and those around him, we can better know how Christ wants to work in our lives as we develop and progress through the journey of our own, of our own faith. So for me, when I was praying with this gospel, as we should pray with all gospels, we want to enter into the gospels. Whatever, whatever gospel passage you're reading, you want to enter deeply into it so that you can experience it. So, why I think the Chosen series is so beautiful. That's what it does. You enter into the gospel story, and the details that aren't there are fleshed out by someone else's imagination, which is beautiful. But for our own prayer, we can enter into our own intimacy with, with Jesus. So, for this gospel, when I was praying with it, is this individual, the nameless man, really, the man born blind. I kept describing him, the man born blind, man born blind. Poor guy is always, the man born blind. He was born blind. And it's all these interactions, right, with Jesus and the clay, and he goes to the pool, then it's the crowd, then it's the Pharisees, then it's his parents, then it's the Pharisees again, and then it's Jesus again. It's a lot of things are happening with this guy in his, his dialogue. But for whatever reason, when I was entering and praying with this, this gospel, the interaction with him and his parents were the one that I found to be the most like, like thought-provoking, the one that really like, tugged on my heart, Say, man, this guy's interaction with his parents, must have been very difficult for him to have processed through. And think of how important the relationship with our parents is. It's painfully important. We hear the first reading from Deuteronomy. It's the commandments. It's the Ten Commandments of of God. God given to Moses and Moses given to the people. And the first commandment is to have only God as our God. The second commandment is to keep God's name holy, not cursing God's name. And then keep holy the Sabbath. Here we are, keeping holy the Sabbath. And then immediately after commandments that have to do with God... The next one is honor your father and mother. The next one is thou shalt not kill. Literally, the relationship we have with our parents and parents to their children is more important than not murdering people in the eyes of God. But This is the foundation of society, of the community, especially of, of the church. It says honor, not blindfully listen to every word they say, but honor them. And it's so, so, so important. So for me, when I was entering into this gospel... Like this man who was born blind, who was a beggar, so therefore he didn't have the financial means to survive, he's been ostracized by the community. They're like, how can you be healed by Jesus, heal on the Sabbath? And the Pharisees, who are their leaders, come and say, you're nothing, you're just, you're born in utter sin. Let's ask your parents. Hopefully, right, if, if a healthy parent relationship, like, oh, my parents, those whom I love, those whom I can be the most comfortable with, who will do anything for me, will get my back and say, Mom and Dad, do you know this guy? Yeah, he's our son. How is it? We don't know anything. Now we can pray with that. and once again, entering into the Gospel, we can say, maybe they were confused, maybe they were just, they weren't there, they weren't there at the time he was healed, but listen, go ask him, he knows more. But John, as he's describing in the Gospel story, he's writing the story, specifically adds, his parents said, ask him, because he was of age, because they feared the Jews, because they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. So they were so concerned about their reputation, they were so concerned about who they were as people, or being part of the community, that they basically, at the time of their son's need, abandoned. Abandoned their son. Now think of how important parent relationships are. We don't know their lives. Maybe they were overwhelmed. Their son, who was of age, I don't know, maybe he's 30, who knows? Right? And, they, and this was their son, and he was blind, and now we can see, but there's this Jesus guy, and there's a lot going on, we don't know who he is, and they just felt overwhelmed, and they just responded, and responded poorly. We don't know their lies. It's hard for us to judge them so critically. And how was the son's reaction? He didn't react. He wasn't like, Mom and Dad abandoned me, they don't love me, what this is this ridiculous? We don't know his reaction. We can kind of interpret his reaction the way we want to. But the beauty of it is this, is that In our lives, especially for parent, child, child, parent, grandparent, child, all these things, all of our relationships we have with the parents and child relationship, is you really come to adulthood when you recognize very quickly that everybody is imperfect. Your parents are imperfect. Your children are imperfect. You as a child to your parents are imperfect. How we respond to that is key. For example, as Chaldeans, a lot of our families, not everyone, but a lot of our families, generations ago if not current generations, started working in grocery stores, all these things, and dads, as they came it, immigrants, trying to survive in a new country, in a new language, in a new culture, in a new everything without a dollar in their pocket, started working in these grocery stores. A lot. And a lot of people, I know story after story of, like, men who would work open clothes for five, seven, ten years just to survive in this country. Now, there's two ways to interpret that and in multiple varieties. You can say, I never knew my dad. He was a slave to the store. He didn't care about us. All he cared about was the store. His whole life was the store, this and this and that. Option A, complain about it. Option B, my father, who loved us so much, sacrificed for me to have a better life in that store Right, in that prison, okay, we call liquor stories. Right. And he was there and he worked hard for our family to survive in this country. And I'm so grateful of his sacrifice that I'm gonna to choose to live my life like as a righteous man, as a righteous child. There's different ways of interpreting that, and we can grow deeper and deeper in love of that. And there's so many mistakes that have happened in your own lives. Think of your own lives. Think of your interaction with your parents, with your children, and you as a child with your parents, all these things that can happen. Think of the times, like the wounds, that like you did something wrong, where you were disrespectful to your parents, or your parents wronged you, like in the gospel. They just didn't defend you in your time of desperate need. And that's really heavy. And our goal is to, as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to continue to allow God to forgive and heal those negative wounds of our relationships with those who are around us. Think of some extreme examples. A little extreme, but it's a real thing. Like, why is abortion such a huge issue in the Chaldean community, right? Because these young girls are scared to tell their parents that they're pregnant, or their parents pressure them to have abortions. Maybe you've pressured your child to kill an unborn child. Maybe you have had an abortion. Seek mercy and God's peace. Really a negative, hugely negative choice in your life or and this is a fun question i like i love i love stirring pots i like chit chatting we can hang out talk talk about life oh what's such a beautiful day the weather is wonderful it's been a wonderful summer i don't really care let's go deeper so when i'm like interacting with parents and talking about deep things like the future of the church or the future of your family how do you parent children the world is crazy out there i'll like stir the pot just to see what happens i'm like what if you as a follower of jesus as a parent of, I don't know, two, three, four, five, six kids, what if your child told you he was gay or she was gay? What would you do? And like the mortification on people's faces is hysterical. Now, I'm in no way, shape, or form like condoning or affirming any sort of sinful, sexual sinfulness in any way, shape, or form. But this happens. And how do we love those who are hard to love? How do we respond to these things? Your child might get pregnant. Your child might have this sexual inclination. We still love them. You did nothing wrong with this process. How do we love them through that? How do we decide from now to choose to love when it's hardest to love? How are these parents in the gospel? What was their reaction after the fact? Because the gospel is written after the the legacy of Jesus. It's the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the establishment of the church, and then John is like, all right, let me write these stories down so we don't forget. Where are these parents? Did they make their peace with their son? Hey, listen, son, at that time, we didn't know. Because John chose, of all the miracles of Jesus, this story. So the story is probably well known. This guy was probably famous. Well, this is the man born blind that Jesus healed. Wow, how was that story? Let me tell you the story. And in his story, every time he told the story, my parents abandoned me in my time of need, but, because now, God willing, he's a follower of Jesus, but I forgave them. They were confused, they were overwhelmed, they didn't know, I made my peace. Now, why is this so important? Obviously, parent relationships are very important in life in general, but even more so, even deeper than that, because God has revealed himself to us as father. God is Father. We say our Father. God is Father. The church is given to us as a gift as mother. If we have a negative relationship with our earthly father or a negative relationship with our earthly mother, our relationship with God is hindered. Our relationship with the church is hurt. It's just rules or aggression. We don't know how to feel love. We don't know how to experience God's mercy if we never experience your father's mercy in your home. But this is an opportunity. Life is full of opportunities. forgive, to accept. This was what happened. This was the situation. They made poor choices or great choices. Maybe have a great relationship with their parents. And I allow bring God into my heart of hearts. I bring God into the relationship with my parents and I heal them. Or maybe you as parents who have failed your children. I bring God into that and I'm forgiven because we're imperfect. All of us are flawed and imperfect. And I'll end with this. St. Paul says, who understands that him as a spiritual father and me as your priest, as your spiritual father, I take that relationship very serious. I apologize if I ever failed you. But he's writing to the Corinthians and he just encourages them. He says, talking about his writings, I do not say this to condemn you. I don't want to condemn you. For I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I have great confidence in you. I have great pride in you, and I am comforted in you. The love of our Father, the love of God the Father, is what sustains us in our lives. Amen.